Welcome to the Lesbo and the Bean universe. Lesbo and the Bean. L-A-T-B. Lat-B. Where mixed martial arts and the UFC get silly. Big silly. Buckle up and move your tray tables to their upright position. And please, somebody shut that baby up. It's time for Lesbo and the Bean. Welcome back. Welcome back. Episode 189. We got another Weekend full of fights coming out of St. Petersburg. Woo-woo! Going back. It's been a little bit of time. St. Petersburg's where? Russia. You can't... Uh, don't tell me about the province. <laughs> I don't even... Sea level? I don't know. We don't know if it's at sea level or not, but we do know maybe a dirty commission? Uh, I was about to say, <laughs> hey, uh, might be a little worried going to decision against a Russian in Russia. And I... Uh, also, the fight's at a weird time. 10.30 a.m. Remember to check your local listings. Eastern and Pacific time in the United States. Definitely. Make sure that BT2 Sports is locked on because we are going to have a 13-card bout. But before we get into that, you know how we like to get into them deep-ass conspiracy theories. There's been quite a lot of news going on in the MMA community. Where would you want to take it? How have you been since we last met? Because we had one of the fights, apparently of the century, because... I don't feel like I bragged enough about it. I was kind of on the naysayer, but now that I'm hearing all the commentary, everyone's like, that's one of the top three best fights of all time. Adesanya versus Kelvin Gastelum. That's what I said. You were I think it is one, it's that. my favorite fight. The more I think about it, it makes me very emotional, that fight. And I think that is the sign of good art when when you look at it and become emotional. Always see something new. Yes, and the way both gentlemen have been after the fact makes me emotional as well. They've been nothing but perfect sportsmen. Like it's I, I feel like the all of two, three, six, that's what I'll say about the four guys at the head of the event. Perfect sportsmen. Like gentlemen. Fucking gentlemen. Totally. Dustin Poirier being one of those guys who's really been getting a lot of um fight kits sold and donated towards his playground in Florida for all children with disabilities and just regular abilities. So <laughs> it's going to be an all-inclusive playground class act. I mean, he takes his championship belt and is like, all right, guys, let's help build a special education playground. Stand-up move. Like, and Max Holloway donated his gloves his to fight. Dustin. So did that. Joe Ban. Yeah. And I believe there was a couple other guys that ended up Joe out of Ban, equipment. not as classy afterward. <laughs> not really as happy afterward. <laughs> he usually does good, but he ran away. He well, ran and away. he cried backstage and to every reporter that would listen about how he would like to look those judges in the eyes and tell them the what's what. And I have to say about that Alan Joban fight, and correct me if I'm wrong, if you think that he won that fight, you have to also think Max Griffin beat Dustin Poirier. Because, yes, both guys landed more strikes. But Max Holloway. Or Max Holloway, sorry. Uh, that you also think Max Holloway beat Poirier. Right, um, which I do. Some people... Yeah, you <laughs> or do. split. I had a split to say. I had a draw. I had it as a draw. You think he won that? Oh, you think you agree with Khabib then? I agree with Khabib. I thought it was a 10-8 first round, and then the last three I gave on my official verdict. I had Holloway win in the last three. I know he got hurt in the fourth round, but it was a 10-8 first round, and Dustin Ward in second, making it 47-47 on my verdict when I went back and did the research. Yeah, I don't disagree with that at all, but even still at a draw, um, it, I, I think you would have to think that... Uh, 
Holloway won if you think Joe Ban won. Because the other guy won, Dustin won, sure. and um, Grant. Grant won by damage and by takedowns. Yes. So it's like damage laid and takedowns laid versus more strikes. And I think that's it. Those are both those fights. And I just saw a lot of people hating on um, – no one really hating on Grant. I'm just hating on Joe Ban for, you know, it Being wasn't egregious. Sport. It just wasn't egregious. I, I totally agree with that, too. You know, we, I fucking bitch. I talk about it if it ain't good, but that was too close to get all nasty about. Um, I totally agree. If you get uh, early stoppage or something like that, little more to complain, poked in the eye, something like that, but losing a dirty-ass split decision, again, cutting the corner would have fixed a lot of that chasing so he can only complain so much a lot of it has to look which i'm sure he has already gotten back in the gym he's talking about other fights uh but he was pretty upset about it affecting his potential negotiations for his new contract because i do believe that might have been his last fight and Mm. not winning it especially in the way he did makes it a little rough for him if I'm Joe Ban, honestly, uh, he makes more money somewhere else for, you know. Modeling, right? Supposedly. Not, I just think at another fight organization and maybe not against his tough guys. Um, may I throw in a contender? I think the career that uh, Joe Ban can get into and uh, we can have a little fun with it. I know Invicta has one ring boy, doesn't need two. Or ring man, not doesn't need ring men. Joe Ban comes in, you know, a little tussle, a little fight back so and forth. I think it's silly. Um, I don't think Joe Ban would get down with it. And I even wonder if Elias regrets doing it. Like now, now he's locked in. I don't think I don't think he does. I think he's that type of person who enjoys it and makes fun of it. And he's like, I'm a ring man. Ha ha. Cheeky smile. So I think Spartans live with it. Where as you're saying, Joe Ban, he's he's that high class ass. You won't have to put down top dollar. <laughs> yeah, you can't afford Joe Ban. Exactly. Yeah. If you, and if you no pretty woman. Joe Ban, you might as well get Luke Rockhold. <laughs> exactly. Do <laughs> for well just go with it. You know, I've been, um, the TJ Dillashaw thing, did you hear his interview that he gave? Did you listen to the whole thing? I didn't listen to it. I just I saw it the round. His... interview. It was just an Instagram post. Right, with his shoulder, but his chin, like, he, it was TJ Dillashaw's older brother. That was nuts. Who fat, fat, fat Travis or whatever his name is that he calls fat himself. Fat Travis, yes, there he you calls go. Calls himself Fat something. Fat <laughs> Tyler. Funny. Fat That's, Tyler. There you go. Uh, he, I was listening, re-listening to his um, video, his explanation video, mm-hmm. and everybody's calling it an apology video, but I listened to it more than once. There is no apology in that video. Yeah. <laughs> he never says he's sorry. It's just an explanation of. You know. What he did. And he doesn't really ever say why he did it. He talks about his shoulder. You know, he's like, oh, I screwed up. I screwed up. Um, everything I've been seeing of lately, though, is like, what kind of head case is TJ that he needed that? Uh, a lot of that. A lot of them. Um, there's many people that have many reasons to take steroids for various. So but I can't necessarily steroids, judge. It's EPO. Well, it's EPO. But it falls into that. Performance bands, enhancing. And band substance list as well. As well as EPO being, and a lot of people have really uh, championed this, is e- you don't just take a pill of EPO. Like, it's a set regiment. People know. People know. And who I don't even think of, who's now been bringing, getting brought up, is all of TJ's expert uh, training coaches and there's the, his stamina and endurance. Like, don't tell me none of them didn't know. Like, there's no way if you're like, 
wow, this guy's running way, way faster and way harder than everyone, and he well, wasn't no. last week. It's not even that the dude, apparently, who he's... Yeah, his buddy. He was actually having his blood drawn every day. Like, he was actually having blood work done. Interesting. How would you not know? Your ah, blood would be told, thicker. Yeah, I'm not a scientist, but... I would just think a, an average doctor could see you clotting. Wouldn't you clot different? Uh, Wouldn't, I don't know. I what totally I agree. Uh, but, again, everyone's getting paid. Everyone's getting paid, so everyone's getting paid to shut that out. Just worry about what the next paycheck's at, and we're going to get this it. This is a Brendan Schaub thing that I'm like, ugh. His, he's like, well, some people, I'm just saying, some people can go to Colorado and train at elevation and come back with thicker blood. That's legal. I don't think it works like that. Well, you know, it does add more yeah, oxygen. Oxygen, to yes, yes, yes. But I'm like, that isn't the though. same. Yeah, if that's the same as saying, like, then why not make running illegal? Because I can't run as far as him. Like, that is not the same at all. I totally like, it's agree. It's such a dumb argument. They are different ones. But other MMA news, any other hot topics that, John again. Jones, Adesanya. That's been all week. I, I don't like that at all because that's a 205 against an 85er who barely made 85. So why is he going to go up to 205? It's just, again, more trash talk to keep their names in it. But I don't like it. I think stay in your own divisions. There's plenty of fights for either one of you at your yeah. respective divisions right now. So all this cross talk is just talk. It's just talk and take it at that. The interesting, really horrible news that was breaking this morning. Unfortunately, Angela Magana, you know how we like to throw a little bit of shade her way, unfortunately is in a coma after emergency surgery. She has not been able to wake up, and it has been actually one of the worst case scenarios. A really terrifying video that I saw posted earlier this morning of her prior to going into surgery in Puerto Rico. I don't know the specific reasons of what her emergency surgery was uh, for, all the video posted was that she was in her gown with her uh, hairnet on, talking to the anesthesiologist, saying that she had that she felt weird. She had never been under anesthesiology, or she had never been put under, and she just felt like she was going to go to sleep and not wake up. And you can hear him on uh, the video that her husband or boyfriend is taping, saying, "You don't have to worry about those things. We're going to be fine. We're going to be fine." By the way, some people do have an allergy to this. Do you want to get tested for the allergy or do you just want to go ahead and get put under? And she was like, oh, whatever, I'm fine. So they think that there was an a complication with whatever the medicine was. That's all speculation as of right now. Unfortunately, the really horrible news is we ain't going to see no Magana booty shots. I'm sorry, Magana. Nobody deserves that. I know I'm trying to make a little light of it, but hopefully she comes through without any brain damage because... A lot of the times, there is some sort of scarring that happens, and she's already got kicked in the face enough as it is. She don't need any more. Have you heard anything about this? So No, I haven't, but I just looked it up while you were talking, and it says Magana 35 was injured April 7th during training per MMA junkie and was diagnosed with a herniated disc. She attempted to train through it, taking medication and a nerve block, but it caused a rare neurological disorder per her coaches. Magana was diagnosed on Tuesday with cauda equina syndrome, which occurs when the bundle of nerves below the end of the spine cord is damaged. She was sent into emergency surgery into her hometown of San Juan, Puerto Rico. Magana shared the news on Twitter beforehand and asked her coaching staff to share the video. Um, and one, uh, a couple of hours 
In one, Magana said it was the very rare surgery with a couple of hours of recovery before I opened my eyes around 8 p.m., 14 hours after. Magana shared the news of her surgery. The coaching staff shared Magana's account of the hospital staff wake, having trouble waking her up. So I have to also say this. What the fuck are you doing getting surgery like that in Puerto Rico? Puerto Rico! That's the immediate thing, I think. You, got, you don't have electricity or enough food. But it was an emergency situation, apparently, with this ruptured hernia. But could you even get on a plane with a hernia? Pressure? Would Probably that mess not. it up? Probably not, honestly. Probably not. Like, she, that's she... saying shitty... But no, I that was my first thought. I'm like, why did you go into the knife in Puerto Rico? Oh, that's horrible. I really hope she's okay. I hope she's okay, and you know what? I hope she comes back with, like, a fucking hell of a change of an attitude. I hope she comes back as a very beautiful person with a story to share or something. Tell us. What about Angela Magana brings back information about the other side? Like the fifth dimension. Whatever the fucking case may be. You're talking that OA talk. You're talking that OA talk. Yeah, whatever the case may be, she comes back and um, she... She's like, I've seen it. I've seen it. She's like, I've fucking had a conversation with God. And then she tries to open your eyes. Look at it. She's like, I had a conversation with God. I never watched Bird Box, though. Or Bird Box? Oh, oh, that's why I was saying your eyes. She's like, oh, you have to see it. Sticks her fingers all up in your eyes. I don't like being being blindfolded. I think I have a, a weird thing with Bird Box. I think I have a phobia with that watching somebody blindfolded for that long or all those people. I just, I know what it's about enough that I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Keith Jardine made an appearance. Nobody talks about that. I'm just saying, me and Keith Jardine was in that beast. So. Get well soon, Angela Magana. Get well soon. That's enough. Twitter talk. Leaving it on a somber note. You know we got a hell of a bout coming up out of St. Petersburg. This is going to be a fun one. Short notice replacement for the heavyweights. It was debut or it was going to be uh headlined by Overeem versus I can't even remember his opponent's been so long now against now stepping in short notice Olian Chuk the Ezekiel choke master himself what a fun heavyweight bout we had no. early in the morning Olenek Olenek yeah because Olian Ol- has does fight tonight it's earlier on the night yeah. and that's why I'm here. I had to watch tape because we got some dreaded D's, if you know what I'm talking about, on the way. So there was some tape study that had to be a little bit new, little into that M1 F1 series fighting. And uh, I'm just going to say off the top, i not going to put too much money on this one. We I are in Russia. I was thinking that before yeah. it even started. <laughs> We're in Russia. The judges are going to be a little uh, heavy in the vodka. The potatoes are going to be rolling hard in the morning, if you know what I'm saying out there in Russia. So... You got to think the locals are always going to be favorited from the bottom to the top, though. You know how we always do around here. We start off with a 155-pound division where we have Magomed Mustayev coming in against debuting Rafael Vitzven. Vitzven. The Tarman? Is that literally his nickname? The Taman. Ta man, I hope I'm pronouncing it right. The six to zero debut the fighter. Ottoman. <laughs> he, the six and zero. This guy about to get couched up. <laughs> fighting out of Kyrgyzstan, is fighting actually out of Kyrgyzstan. Kyrgyzstan fighting out Isn't of that Tiger Muay Thai. Um, Valentina, yeah. Which you saw that finally. She's a princess. In her hometown. I didn't watch it yet. You haven't seen the fans, droves I, and droves I, I of people. I should find it on, is it on her Insta? Yes, it's all I'll over her I'll find it on her Insta. Insta and I'll put it on this spot in the video if I remember. Definitely a good one to get in there. But If you follow us on YouTube, 
Sorry. Just so you know, so you can Both watch it. Bean. For now, what until we change the name? And ooh, teasing, 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 just like with this. And we're batting Uckman. around, so you guys know to keep you in the breast if oh. anyone wants to talk to us. Ooh. Plan B. Lat B. The morning after. Is this our poll officially? Is this our un unofficial poll officially? Yeah, because we're open still. If somebody else has a great idea, we might be like all three of those bunked. We like that idea the best. Okay. Like, and what about if they vote one that we're like that's our least favorite? I'm not going with it. So <laughs> right want, now up in the air, the what the what we're thinking of changing it to is Lat B, Plan B, or. The morning after. The morning after. Okay. Or any of the above. You might come out with the greatest name and you can oh. email us the, uh, your thing at lesboandthebean at gmail. You can hit us up on uh, latb underscore MMA on Instagram or lesboandthebean on Instagram. And if you go to lesboandthebean on Instagram, you should be following both of us at Zoltanite and at Baby. And that was early to do that, but I just kept it all together since I was talking about it anyway. It's a smart move. Smart move. The 6-0 fighter is fighting out of the Tiger Muay Thai scene, so he's getting top-level competition. I think Mikey Squick's up there. We got Roger Huerta and all of the sorts of Russian fighters. The Phuket, Thailand, is that's where he's calling home now. And great left hook on this young man. 26 years old. He does brawl a little bit at times. He'll just throw. When he's uh, initially starting off a lot of his fights, I did end up catching most of them. He is fighting lower level competition, and he was the feeling out process was one for one, where he would literally just throw a left, just throw a right, just throw a kick, and then finally once he got a little pressure uh, coming back into him, he actually reacted well. At times he can throw he can throw his head down and just start slinging hooks, but this Thai fighter has good scrambles on the ground, and when he takes control of the octagon he only moves forward so he'll step with a hard right switch his stance and then throw a hard left power hard left so he's going to be someone that's going to be hard to deal with again the level of caliber that i saw against him was able to hit him once or twice but usually him just moving forward really was able to stifle a lot of guys on the ground serviceable um again level of competition ugh, against the 13 and 3 ufc veteran in Magomed Mustayev, he's coming off of a loss over two years, four months ago to Kevin Lee. I do believe he had a bit of a suspension for a banned substance. I don't know if it was officially deemed uh, that he knew or didn't know what was happening. Two but years. Coming out of Jackson Week. That's a harsh... That's a harsh. The, the, we'd find out the two years are the EPO substances, the really harsh ones. So. so, out of Jackson Week, just drawing that out there. What are you trying to say? I'm just saying, not the only guy who's ever been popped out of that area, but we know he comes in with a good game plan. The Russian fighter has obviously fought in Russia before, or way earlier in his career, and shouldn't be such a bad trip for him, but all the way around, Mustayev tends to wrestle a lot more. His striking is good and serviceable. His submission to Kevin Lee started off with a couple punches, finally getting there. He did slow down in that Kevin Lee fight, or he kind of looked... Um, not as good as he usually does, and he was said he... I can't remember the injury that he said coming into that, but hey, he's had a full break. I think it's going to be a grappling-heavy match. I think the Russian likes to get it down there. They both actually mimic each other fairly well standing, other than Mustayev will throw more hook kicks or like body kicks, spinning kicks to the body. I do think that with his veteranship, his long time at 30 years old, he couldn't 
at 28, he took two years off. I think he's only going to potentially grow. I have decision. This is the first fight of the night. I got the favorite here. We usually tell you to stay away, and there's a reason for that. I think that Rafael, Rafael, the tat man himself, or tan man, has a live shot. And I say this is a dogger pass play as far as DraftKings or betting-wise, but I'm picking the favorite straight up. We got a live dog in this one. This is a fun addition, I believe, at 155 pounds. Who do you have in this fight and why? You know if they're from Kyrgyzstan, they know how to fight. It's like um, it National seems to be time. like a Dagestan. Maybe yep. all the stands. And I think we've said this before. We have. We 100% <laughs> but, have. But uh, Mustafa Fayev, he is going to be back, and he's probably juiced, and the UFC is going to be know, know he's juiced, so he's only going to fight in Russia and these kind of cards from now on and kind of work his way up the card. Great point. I, there's something, yeah, he's, I think Fazeev is going to have quite a lot to deal with, but I also agree he's not going to be a walkthrough. I think this could go to decision. Or Mastayev, I could have him a late TKO because I do think he has crazy power. And just if if he is on anything, he's just going to walk right through. You know, just have that cardio that keep that TJ Dillashaw cardio. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, I'm going to stay away from this fight. I really don't know enough about uh, Fiziev, and I uh, think Mastayev. Via, like this is a lot of via Magomed. I think he is. I don't like that he's been off for two years. So yeah, first fight of the night. It's a pretty hefty first fight of the night for Russia. Eight thousand five hundred for the favorite Mustayev against the debuting Rafael Tamans. Seven thousand seven hundred on DraftKings. I'm gonna probably stay away from this one a lot. Actually, if there's a play, person to play, I think it's gonna be Rafael or Rafael there. Out of the two at 7-7. I think seven. this should be a card since neither of us are feeling that excited about betting the card. I think this is a card like let's just try playing by every lap be ruled. Oh, okay. Okay, so, so stay absolute that. stay away from that fight. It's not going to be worth shit on DraftKings. So on to 205 pounds. We have... None of these guys are day. Okay. I we have so many hard names tonight, just so you it's gonna be a rough one, fans. You know who you're exactly. I practice some of these too, but I mean it's hard when you have Gatmur and You know what? Sometimes it's easier until you start to try to read, read it. it. Yeah. Once w- letters Especially get Especially with Pol- Polish names and Russian names mixed together and then as add Kurt Kurzakstan <laughs> and even the country's names like as soon as you throw letters into reading for me, it gets all mixed up. So. We got easy stuff like Florida, Louisiana, <laughs> Dan Smith, <laughs> California. <laughs> exactly. So, Antigulov coming in against Mikhail Oslianchuk. Oslianchuk being 13 and 2, getting a draw against Khalil Roundtree decision. I do think he popped for steroids on that. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Yeah. Oh, just another uh, pop for steroids. Steroids, just another guy. Took a little bit of a break a year, three months ago. He came back and so TKO'd he, that, John Delonte. He must have not known about it. It must have. They must have found it in a substance if he took a year I, off. I, I believe it was, uh, I believe he proved that he didn't take it knowingly. Yeah. So it might have been six months or eight months compared to whatever. But... Mikel came in and got a body shot over John Volante over a year, three weeks ago. He tends to be a striker, has a bunch of M1 experience in the UFC. He hasn't looked bad. His takedown defense is iffy, but he just manages to keep it up where he likes to keep it striking. Striking-wise, throws good three 
two and three punch combinations, but then will throw up one of those left high kicks or right high kicks to finish off his combos. So we tend to like that. For the 24-year-old, he's growing leaps and bounds every time we see him in here. I mean, that round tree fight was a grind of a fight, but Volante, even though it's not that, it doesn't look that absolutely amazing, Volante's a serviceable guy, and you do have to be able to get him out of there. A lot of guys can't, and Michelle showed an amazing body shot. Go back to it. I mean, Volante didn't have a chance, completely shit himself in the ring in there, and it was a greatly placed shot. And but Tegulov, not really, because that does happen. <laughs> <laughs> and Tegulov coming in, having a 20-5 and five record, he has fought a few times in the UFC now. It's been at least two fights. He won his debut against Joaquin Christensen a year, 11 months ago, and then last lost to Ian Kutalaba eight months ago via ground and pound elbows. Antigulov, well-rounded at 32 years old, serviceable striking, not tons of power on the ground. He's more than serviceable. He likes to get it to the ground to get his ground game going, but he's been already proven to not have the strongest ground game either. On the local regional scenes, he was having a lot more success now that he's had a couple fights. He just doesn't look like the biggest standout as usual. And out of both of these fighters in their last two fights, I don't think I'm the only one seeing it. Michelle seems to be growing a lot faster. The 24-year-old is just... He got a quick done in against Volante, but Volante... He, He's not a paper towel. I mean, you can't trust Volante, but you can't trust him because he can finish you as well. So, Mikhail has done what he needed to, where Etigulov has it. For all intents and purposes, his last few fights, with the exception of that one, he was going to decision. The decision, every exactly, fight. exactly, exactly. So, I got Mikhail. He's a decided favorite here, and I see why as well. Younger fighter with just little more avenues, more power, and especially striking wise. I, I potentially see a finish here. I got it round number two. Once the wrestler Antigulov is like, damn it, this guy's not going down. I think he looks for a way out. Give it to me. Finish round number two. Who do you have in this fight? I and agree. Why? I could even see it happening round number one. I almost think it's yep. a setup fight for anti or for Oli Antigulov. Um, Antigulov, um, in a lesser division, in a I should say in a heftier division, he might not be UFC caliber. It's just because this is the two hundred five. I almost think it's a setup fight. Give the Polish fighter a win. I think there's going to be a lot of polls in the house. Um, so I'm just guessing. I haven't even looked at the rest of this card. I've still been high off out of Sonia Gastelum. Definitely. Um, yeah, just guessing. I'm going to guess there's a lot of Polish and Russian Russian fighters throughout. Do you the know night. who your favorite poll of the night is yet? Um, Valentina isn't really Polish, but she's kind of Polish. She's already in St. Petersburg. Oh, waiting. Um, she, well, had, she, hunger, she got a sister. Olenek, she actually was filming Olenek's, uh, open workout. It was pretty cool. Oh, very, very yeah. cool. So keep up on all that social media stuff, but on DraftKings, you're going to end up paying for the minus 225 favorite, Mike, Mikhail Oshilianchuk. For 8,800 against Antigulov. You know I love a fighter. Oh, you always know that. Against Antigulov, who's 7,400. I'm not going to be playing Antigulov anywhere. No. I'm actually going to be like 40% Olianchuk, Olianchuk on my limited cards that I do have. Because, again, we both have a round two TKO finish. Yeah. I mean, that's 75 points. DraftKings on top of all of I the like damage. It. How much from DraftKings was he? 8,800. He's close. He's got to get a finish Border to pay it line, off. Yeah. But right now, I like him for my card. I agree with that. Totally agree on with some that. of my cards. Half Z's. And then the other guy, no Z's. 100 Z's. 
265 pounds, we have Marshin Tabura coming in against Shalim Abdurakimov. Are you like that? I, that was pretty good. <laughs> so, we, yeah, we're there. We're right. We're there. 265 pounds. Both of these men have fights in the UFC. The 19 and 4, Abdurakimov is coming in off a two fight winning streak, last beating Andre Arlovsky six months ago. Prior to that, uh, beating, who was it in there as well? Chase Sherman, TKO punches, has lost to Derek Lewis and has had a couple other marquee wins in there against Walt Kara's split decision and Anthony Hamilton. Abdurakimov has had mixed competition level. I mean, I would say out of all that, Derek Lewis and Andre Arlovsky are probably the two best guys. Chase Sherman is in there. Walt Harris. <laughs> like, look at the competition level, and Shamil's definitely had an easier route at the heavyweight division in my eyes. They could be making that up, but... Throws a heavy overhand right, likes to get his wrestling involved. And definitely Shamil is much, much better fighter on the ground when he's on top landing all of that heavy ground and pound. But if he can't get it there or if he has trouble getting it there, his striking isn't good enough to stand with a lot of these top-level UFC heavyweights or any weights. He's just very limited in his striking. Again, it's pretty much that overhand right. He'll paw, paw away with that left hand, but he'll more just paw that hand out of the way to try to hit the right, right into a double leg, single leg, high crotch type situation. Marshin Tibura, 17 and 4, only losing to Verdum in the UFC and Derek Lewis as well, so they share that. But last beating Stefan Struffe months ago in a decision, also beating Andre Arlovsky, they have a, shen, a shared win there. And I'd say a little underwhelming win against Luis Henrique, not De Silva, the Brazilian wrestling champ. Little difference, but Taburo's come in with mainly a kicking game. The Polish fighter's 33 years old, has good power. He actually gets both legs up there pretty quick. It's amazing at times where you're like, holy shit, that guy just threw a left right, a good left jab into a right and then finished it with a right kick, which we like here. His takedown defense has been serviceable. He is able to get taken down in there, but uh, I, I, he also has a good pumbling and clinch technique, so he, it's hard. If guys do get him down in there, they have to work at it. He doesn't just fall over and give it up. And on the ground, he's been able to get up there, but if Shalim gets him down, he could hold him down there the entire round. So I actually see this being a little bit closer than the odds have it. Tybura is... a uh, Slight favorite at minus 180, and I think it could be a little bit closer. I think the line should be minus 140, probably plus 105 for Shalim. I think Tabura can keep it standing long enough to land enough punches, and it looks worse on the scorecards. I don't think Abdurahimov quits in there by any means, but again, with this damage and everything we're seeing, he is in the hometown. That could change my mind. This is a dirty-ass split type of fight. Give me Tabura, but... I'm going to probably end up staying away from I this. I have to say, I, I had Abdurahimov, but only because I think this is going to go to decision and it's going to be those ones that might piss off Twitter, but in the long run, we're going to forget it was a robbery. Yeah, I totally agree. But it's I feel like if it goes to decision, Tabura's in danger here of losing that decision. I, I see this being along the cage. I see this being played up and along the cage, no strikes. also been in Russia where we are like um, surprised at how honest they were? Wasn't that the place we were last time that we were actually surprised where we agreed with the judges more often than Depends not? on where in Russia. Uh, we got to look specifically at St. Petersburg. 
I think Marcin Tabura is a better fighter here and for all intents and purposes should be able to win, but he doesn't really, Andre Arlovsky decisions, the best thing he has going. And then the decision with Verdum is kind of awesome. That dis- decision with Verdum, it makes me think that he should be able to get through Abdurahimov because Verdum's great on the ground, has an okay ground and pound, and he wasn't great able strength. to submit Marcin. So I'm like, right. okay, he's gotten better at that. And this guy, but this guy also has heavy hands. Um, gosh, this is a dirty ass split in my eyes. Dirty ass split. I think split. so too. I I'm gonna go with Abdurahimov decision here. I think it's nasty, and I think uh, Tabura. <coughs> I agree with you. The line's a little off. Because he is a minus one eighty favorite right now. I'm pulling up. There's so many unique names. I'm pulling up on DraftKings. Here we go. The anyway, exact lines. I, there's so many unique <laughs> names. I'm asking Siri how to say this. Tabura, 8,400 for the slight favorite on DraftKings against Abdurahimov, 7,800. I don't think this is a high score either way. I think it's a lot of against the cage, a lot of sweating, a lot of grunting. As you're saying, it's not going to be a memorable fight by the end of it. You don't think anyone's getting knocked out? I don't see. If there's a knockout for me, I see that it's a Tabura gets the knockout. I think they both have knockouts. Equal chance? Yeah. Well, it's heavyweight division. Yeah, that's why it's like, uh, there could be, but I see it as a boring fight as well. I see it. So definitely, probably a stay away if you're going to be trying to save any money on this one. At 155 pounds, we have returning Alexander Yokovlev coming in against debuting Alex Da Silva. I can't 100% quote that because you know them Brazilians got 25, 28 names. So it could be Da Silva, Joaquin, Jalinquez, Marinquez, all of that good stuff. And Da Silva is like Smith. In 100%. 100%. And then Alex Da Silva, like the dad does it, the duh, doesn't separate it at all. It actually probably makes it worse when oh, it comes yeah, into names. For sure. <laughs> but Leco is coming in with a 20 and 1 record. Fighting out of the brave scene out of Brazil, the Santa Carita Brazil is coming in with a two-fight winning streak after his first loss ever, beating Fernando Coleman, who was 7-1, and also beating a 3-0 fighter, a Russian Michich in there. I did watch some of Silva's fights, and he's a great striker. He's a Muay Thai striker who actually has tons of power. I don't want to say... He's an Edson Barbosa, but I, you can make those type of similarities in some of his striking, uh, some of his leg kicks. Actually, his cardio, a little bit better than I thought. I saw him face a couple good wrestlers in there that actually had some good records early on in, earlier on in his career. And he, for the first round of one of the fights I caught against Danny Smith or something like that, um, he got taken down three solid times in the fight, was even... Uh, Started to get ground out a little bit. Second round came out and looked fresh as days. So I was actually pleasantly surprised with this young man's um, cardio in the crazy amount of fights. He's had 20 fights. 20 fights at 23 years old. Again, a lot of cans in there. There's a lot of O&O or one in six fighters that he was fighting early on in his career. So there was a point in time to Silva. He could have that Brazilian age. He could be like 17. (laughs) True. (laughs) Or 37. There was a time where De Silva won three fights in seven, eight days. So imagine how that pads your record. 
when you're just fighting guys that are putting down the donuts and beer and walking into the cage like, oh, I didn't know I was going to fight. Now I get to fight for free. <laughs> and, or now I get to get in for free and watch the fights. So That's Max Holloway. Fight. That's what I'm saying. De Silva's fighting those type of guys. We'll see which one of them becomes a champ. So De Silva tends to be a Muay Thai striker on the ground. Really not that good. He scrambles well and gets into unique positions, but it's more just because he's moving instead of actually putting in proper technique. But he's serviceable. He understands the ground game. It just, especially now that he's going to get in the the UFC, I actually see this heavily going to the ground. Really? Yeah. I... Um, I'm interested with Yokolov, the 24-9-1 fighters coming off of a two-fight losing streak, last losing to Kamara Usman two years, eight months ago, and then last losing to Zach Cummings two years ago, straight arm lock, has since took a two-year break. I don't know if it was a pop for steroids. I have a feeling like it might have been some sort of a banned substance. Some Russian substance. Exactly. He's now fighting in Russia, but Yokolov... Had a big, big hype train coming in. He was known as a striker with good take down the fence. And uh, Kamara Usman showed him real quick that uh, that shit ain't going to work around here. Zach Cummings, D1 wrestler, also said, hold on, buddy. We're not going to let you get your striking off because you're a good striker. More of a counter striker. Great head movement. Sets up tricky, tricky shots. We haven't seen it much for Yokovlev. As of late, because again, his last two fights were heavy wrestlers. So a lot of people tend to think that, oh, he goes and uh, gets a lot of wrestler or tends to like to grind in there. And he doesn't. He grinds because people make him because they don't want to keep striking with him. He has a loss to Nico Misoke decision, but he has a win in there as well against Gray Maynard back in the day and George Sylvain uh, via TKO as well over three years ago. But Yokovlev at 34 is... He's going to have a lot more fight experience in there. It's not going to get to him. This young 23-year-old, we've seen it time and time again. Not only is he fighting in Russia, where he fought most of his other fights in Brazil, flying across, the lights are always a little bit brighter. And now Yokovlev has proven on the ground that he's good enough to not be submitted. I don't see Silva throwing up any type of submissions to get there. And striking-wise, even though I like what I saw from Silva... Uh, he leaves openings. At times, he gets a little true brawl- brawly where Yokovlev will go to that split decision or scorecard and he'll just line the line up the better shots the whole way. As well as being in Russia, the crowd's going to make more noise for him. I think there's a solid decision and I think that this... If Yokovlev starts to get pulled, picked apart, he can take it to the ground. If it doesn't, he can pick him apart standing, but he has way more avenues. I see... Actually... I. I think that this should be a bigger favorite. I'm surprised that it's only minus 130 Yokovlev. I think this could be that minus 180. I see Yokovlev being decidedly better here. I don't know what I saw in the tape. I'm just trying to let you know. Who do you have in this fight and why? Wow, Tapology has really interesting numbers. I didn't. I don't look at Tapology in that sense until. <laughs> oh, I now. was looking at it on yours. So oh, I interesting. Look at it on mine. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah, I. I guess I blanked that out, but a lot of. A lot, a lot of uh, DraftKings people think that Silva's going to get a knockout here or submission. Wow, 71%. And the tide's turning. Yokovlev being a big favorite that's turned the other way. Starting to get closer. Yeah, I'm, I'm just surprised that you see that it's going to go to the ground at all. I see it more just staying a striking match. And um, to me, Yokolev's so serviceable on the ground that he wants to stay standing in, as well. And most guys don't want to stand with him. So I almost think this is a setup fight 
almost like it's a setup fight to be a knockout. They picked hand picked the guy that was gonna stay and stand striking with this Russian guy to blow up the house in Russia. This guy being back and knocking him out. Um, I have Yokolov decision right now. I'm gonna change it with knockout because I'm staying away kind of from this fight night. I'm gonna go light on it. But I um, and I think it's crazy. Topology really does have like 60% of the people saying knockout for De Silva. Which is interesting because I'm actually looking at the line movement. I just looked at it and Yokovlev is from the tap. The topology scorecards are wrong or as far as what they have it at minus 130 because it's minus 165 on the official betting lines. I was just using the topology. So they haven't updated that. Yokovlev is turned into more of a favorite. I think that's connected somewhere um, on all the cards because you know how sometimes there's different odds on different sites? Yes. Um, And it could depend on what one they have it hooked up to on their website to draw off of. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. Sometimes it goes like a scale of like between 110 and 160 or you know whatever right um yeah i i don't know why i'm feeling yokolev knockout in russia like he's just gonna come out there and if he's another guy who popped and we think the ufc is gonna start letting some of these guys just fight overseas and whatnot not to not be in the same stringent drug testing of usada then who knows but i don't know anything about alex de silva so stick with what i know Yokolev KO round three. 8,300 for the favorite Yokolev on DraftKings against Silva, 7,900. I see myself playing Yokolev a good amount because not only do I see him having a way better ground game, I see him being as good, if not better, striking as well. You have a little rule too ring rust is real. But true. Um, Two, I think a lot of the guys when they come in after a long time back, they tend to do well, like the GSP, the Chad Mendez or whatever. But something that I heard, what was the um, weird fact? Only GSP going down in weight has ever, no fighter going down in weight has ever won, like the champion versus champion. When oh, they have, right. Like, somebody steps down to fight um, the champion. No, no one's ever won. No one does good at that except GSP. So I just thought that was. What about Zahudo? though? No. Did Dillashaw know? The smaller guy always wins. Interesting. I'm going to have to do some back research on that. That's a, I, That sounds factual. It sounds very bro science, but very factual as well. So, fun one we have in Yokolev there, I think. Live, live, live wire for a finish, potentially. At 170 pounds, we have two returning fighters with Zoltan Aliyev versus Kita Nakamura. 14-3 and three for Aliyev. Be coming off of a loss 11 months ago to Warley Alves via TKO Dr. Stoppage. He has a split decision win over Jan Blakowicz as well in there, losing the Kenny Roberts TKO, and that was his debut. The 34-year-old fighting out of Russia, he's definitely well-rounded all the way around. Is he one of these doggy fighters? I feel like he has one of these like weird karate or sambo style, like lifelong martial artist in Aliyev. Good everywhere, good striking, good head movement, puts his chin down, moves forward, and I mean, doesn't have a lot of holes to exploit. In Kinta Nakamura being 34-9, and coming off of a win in his last split decision over Tahuri prior to that, Losing to Rocco Martin 11 months ago. Getting a win over Morono. Losing to Zaleski. I mean, Nakamura also beat Kyle Noak. Is just one of these grinder Japanese fighters who likes to use a lot of tricky wrestling. Okay, striker, but the later it's gone into its 34 years old, which they're both uh, at 34 years old. Nakamura has started to slow down a bit more. It's I don't know if I've just seen more of his career because he's been fighting 
far longer in the UFC. So I've just seen a lot more tape on him and he doesn't look like he used to. Age is catching up to him, but he's one of these tricky guys where he really slows down a fight. Look at any Nakamura fights. They're not high paced. Nakamura grinds you down, makes everybody look into a, a look worse than they really are. And it's because his granny chin and good fight IQ in there always turns it into a dirty split. Being in Russia, though, Aliyev does have a little extra in his corner. And I think that the takedowns are going to be crucial here. Nakamura has to get this to the ground in order to win. And then on top of that, it has to be decisive 10-9 rounds. So I... Like the back Nakamura, he's one of the guys that I regularly let put my money behind because he just has so many check marks in grind style. He's always in a dirty split type of fight, but here being in Russia against a fighter who might not be as battle worn, I gotta go with Aliyev here, thinking he can fight off the takedown. I see another dirty split coming. I'm gonna probably stay away from this one on DraftKings. I see it being a low score anyway. If there is a knockout or a finish. I do see it being Aliyev's way, but I had Nakamura earlier on in the week. Uh, that wrestling. I love Nakamura's wrestling. I do just look back at his tape and he slowed down dramatically in his last fight. And he's due for a loss technically if his record tells you anything. He's one of those guys that win one, loses one. His entire career in the UFC. He can't put more than two wins together. I kind of look at him that way, but I also, he only loses to monsters. He, in my opinion, the guys he's losing to are fucking contenders. Anthony Rocco Martin totally. is a little sneak fest totally. coming up. Zaleski. And Zaleski, <laughs> he f survived Zaleski. Granted, it was two years and six months ago, so still a beast. Not quite the monster he is today. Like, Zaleski today kills Zaleski uh, back then. Uh, Zaleski's a better fighter because of that Nakamura fight, though. Yeah, I agree. I just... Aliyev, it's a lot to come back to. And the thing about Nakamura is he's unassuming. He's unassuming and he slowly drowns you. Aliyev, it's a lot to ask to come back to this kind of suffocating fight. I think Nakamura just pulls it out again. And I would say the win, one, lose one, win, one, lose one. But he, it was a split decision last time. So maybe that throws it off a little bit of the, I think they both had split decisions last time. Oh, no. Um, the doctor stoppage for Worley Alves. Um Eye injury, was it an eye poke at that? 11 months ago, eye injury. split. Uh, oh, he had a split two years, three. He's just not fighting enough. Nakamura is what I know here, so I'm going to stick with what I know in this one. And to me, it's Nakamura. I just, I see him grinding it out. See, a dirty ass split and we in Russia. I know. I think that if something goes fishy in this fight before for Yaki, Yakolev and they have to use their... They're going to have... I, I didn't have... I feel like I was surprised with Russia judges last time. I'll have to listen. We should listen back to the tape of us in St. Petersburg. <laughs> yeah, we, we have enough... to the morning after. We have so much tape now. Yeah. That's what everyone else should be doing, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, ugh, gosh, yeah, but I see this is going to be another dirty split as well. So, low-scoring one. Here. Low scoring one as far as what I'm potentially thinking Gosh, on Zaleski and Rocco Martin. If, Beasts. If Aliyev gets through this fight um, and it's legit to me where I'm like, ooh, Aliyev won that. Careful. Careful. Nakamura, 8,200 on DraftKings as a slight minus 125 favorite against Aliyev's 8,000 even plus 105. So, slight underdog for Aliyev. Super coin flip of a fight. Coin flip as they get. I'm not going to play either guy because Nakamura averages 51 points on DraftKings where Suliev or Aliyev 
averages 25 points. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nakamura, <laughs> too, looking at it, it's kind of funny that he is has a great chin. He Definitely. Does, his, his losses are better than his wins. I, Surviving his losses are better than I his wins. I totally agree with that. He's got that uh, kill or be killed mentality, Japanese heart, four days, for sure. At 145 pounds, we have one of the most dreaded double debuts we've had in a very, very long time. The most amazing thing about this, we got Nakamura with like nine fights in here. We got Yokovlev. We got all these other guys with four, five, six, seven, eight fights. We got a leathered ass dude. Yeah, these dudes that have paid their time. They got their Reebok money. They got a bunch of fight kits coming in against the double debut for the headliner of the prelims. In a, it just makes no sense. I know they're young guys at 145 pounds. They're both debuting in it the UFC. It does make sense if if Eloev. Evlov, Evlov. Is Evlov. It, it does make sense if he's a huge local star. He does have a good following behind him, for sure. There is a lot of hype in Muza, M- Muva, M- <laughs> Movsar, Evlov against Sung Woo Choi. Woo! Getting that work in. Getting that work in. My speech teachers would be so proud of me. Why can't everybody be Jeremy Stevens? <laughs> right? Right. 100%. 100%. But Evlov is coming in with... Evlov is coming in with a te- perfect 10-0 record. He, though, has been fighting some 15-5 and fighters. There's a couple 0-0 fighters. 11-2. 11-2. 12-2. M1 global 14 and 7 type guys. He has been fighting at caliber 45ers and his fights are actually really fun. Uh, really like what I saw from Evlov. He throws a good left hook into a straight right. Super scrambly on the ground. Throws tons of punches. Moves forward nonstop. Just kind of has that killer instinct. You just, you don't really see him moving backwards at all. He, he's one of these guys that moves forward when he gets hurt uh, against some of these guys that are able to dig their feet in the ground. He will dodge through our punches or work with it and eventually get the takedown. He's not afraid to go on the ground. He scrambles a little bit right now um, just to scramble. Of course, he's fairly new. He hasn't seen everything in there, but it's it's good. He usually tries to end up on top, and he's even got a couple TKO finishes from full mounts. Again, level of competition, it's actually pretty good at this M1 level against... Winning fighters, we really don't see it in a lot of guys. And there's a lot of hype behind this young man. It's because he is serviceable everywhere. And he has power at 45. He hurts a lot of his fighters. Um, good stuff to see. This is going to be a great addition so at 45. he has fought at 45. He has. Am I wrong? Is he, he's fought at 35 as well. He's a young man. Yeah, I, his last fight was at 35. And that's always my big worry when a guy's going up. But And I believe he was a champion. I just stat that maybe it shouldn't worry me when a guy goes up. He, but he's also 25 years old. I mean, he's putting on size and muscle. And there was, I I didn't know the exact dates on some of those fights, but I noticeably saw muscle definition changes from, I mean, 10 fights only, but there has been definitely body changes. Take that for what it's will. He could be growing into his body, could be the HGH. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Just telling you what I see on tape. So definitely a good favorite for a reason. He's a good hype train for that 45 but he needs to be fighting these lower level guys as well still in Choi is a south korean fighter who 
Some of the hardest tape, it was I it was so hard to fight tape on this young man. I finally found one fight, and literally. And you weren't even sure it was him. I actually f- watched two fights that weren't him, and then I was like, ah, damn it. It was ah, the South it. Korean boy band. You were like, oh, get down, get down. K-pop, oh, damn, man, throwing kicks. Why does he have a microphone on? <laughs> so Is he wearing makeup? <laughs> Choi coming in at 26 years old, 5'11". The 45er is long and gangly. He's one of these prototypical Muay Thai fighters coming out of Korea. Good chin, but he has been fighting cans. The level of competition he is fighting, super, super low. I mean, the one fight I did get to watch on him, the shots, the double leg takedowns that were even half attempted were atrocious to say the least. And they almost worked. The fact that they almost worked actually made it worse for me because I'm like, that that shouldn't have even been close. The fact that you stayed in that means that you're definitely a lot lower level and I see Evlov just kind of rolling through wherever he wants to. This Muay Thai striker and Choi... I honestly don't see him going too much further in the UFC from the limited tape that I saw from him. He's scrappy. When he got to the ground, he was going against trash cans. So it was flailing, but it w- there wasn't real technique. It was just more movement. I think the decided favorite wins here for a reason. He's going to be someone that I might have to back off later on. But this, as you're saying, this is a setup fight. They're bringing in the Asian fighter to get a loss. Stay it's the head, his feet, has it, zero ground game. Exactly. And it's the prelim, or it's the headlining preliminary fight to start off the main card. You need to get a finish to get these guys pumped in for the main event. I got Evlov everywhere. Sure. I agree with you. TKO um, round number two. I think Choi's tough enough to stay in it, but it's one of those where it's going to be like, throw in the towel round one, guys. Come on. Come on, throw it in. He's getting beat up, and his tone I toughness gets in I could even move it up to one. I agree with I that. I don't even have anything to add on it. I think that is well said. And so I what is your official pick on that up. KO round two. I have that as well. Remember to like and subscribe. At Zoltanite, at Weakneck Baby, always at Lesbo and the Bean. Hit us up on that IG. And LATV underscore MMA on Instagram right now is how you find us. I think that's right. I think that's right. I thought you were going to say that that's the way you get some of the best body soap in the biz. Oh, no. That's Lavi 15 And you can also look up that company, uh, Lather and Company, on uh, Instagram. Instagram. So you can check out all their stuff. They have a huge shop. And it's not just about matte soap and flora and that which is their facial detox bar they have a lot of stuff like maybe you want to buy it for your ma or your lovely lady mother's day is coming up guarantee you wouldn't even have to wrap it they sell it they send it pre-rift gift all done it's all done everything's Uh, done in the box fellas if you want the easiest gift for any loved one get the get the soap pre-done Open the box and just come out of the room and be like, oh, there you go, hon. I saved it. I saved it for you. I wrapped it. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, exactly. That's between us. That's, That's between us. A little latheringcompany.com. Use the code LATB15 and get yourself 15% off. And if you spend $25 or more in the continental United States, you will get free shipping and handling, which is a great deal. Even though um, I heard they're really good about um, if you don't order enough and have to pay too much for shipping and handling they contact you and they're like hey you know you could get just buy spend a little money in our shop and we would pay for the shipping and handling to you so they're a good Ooh. company all organic hit it up that's Ooh. all i have to say about that mm-hmm. another little extra life hack there throwing it in there so the to the main card we go and we're gonna open it up at 185 pounds we have Kristoff jutko coming in against debuting alan Ahmedski, Ahmed, Ahmedski, 
Admetsky. The does he have a nickname? The Bellator fighter. Not Alan. one guy on this whole card has a nickname either, except the one guy way down at the very bottom. Tommen. Is, no, it was like the was craziest nickname that I. Thunder of the North is Yakalov. <laughs> Yakalov. <laughs> and uh, Tibur is Tibur. Yeah, which bet. is like you know whatever. But there was another. The Tommen. No, no, that was it. Yeah, that was the other one. But... Oh, yeah, the Ottoman. Oh, not Ottoman. Oh, Lord. No. Orlianchik. It's not Ottoman. It's Tommen. T- it's, a, it's a rough one for sure. But Jutko. A-T-A-M-A-N. Atamen. Oh. <laughs> I so... was reading it A-Taman. <laughs> no, it's all together. That's why I, I was saying Ottoman. I was just adding it. Like, A-Tan-Man. I thought he was freaking... Uh, no, I'm not going to get into the political Do you think Oli and Chuck should walk out to A hundred percent. Lord himself does need to be walking hey, after that. Now I'm running through Lico, Thunder <laughs> of the North. I guess there are a lot of nicknames. K. Tarot. But not any of the ones that matter. Not the ones that matter. The ones that do matter. Jutko coming in with a 19-4 and record. Coming off a three-fight losing streak. But it's against top-level fi- top fighters. Against David Branch split decision. Then he lost to Uriah Hall TKO in a fight. He was dominating. Then last losing to Brad Tavares TKO 11 months ago. The Tavares lost... A little bit rougher. Uriah Hall fight, he was whooping all over Uriah Hall until that knockout came in that third round. So, Jutko, jack of all trades, master of none, little bit of power, serviceable ground game. Chin is a little suspect. Jutko does tend to get a little bit hurt in there, and that's where he tends to do his worst work. (laughs) It's when he, woo, that little Jutko in your nose. You got a little Jutko in your nose. I'm allergic to uh, Macedonians. (laughs) But the Polish fighter in Jutko has definitely had a lot more UFC level experience. Macedonia is not in Italy. Um, I don't think it is. Um, He's Macedonian, but he fights out of Italy, and I know for a fact that's one of the only countries we don't have a listener. So fuck Italy! <laughs> Lesbo's got a bone to pick. Sorry, sorry. With Italy, we all know that Gicciaricchio, not one Italy of our favorite fighters. Italy seems kind of like the Florida of Europe. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Florida's a mecca for fighting. Uh-oh. 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 So, Allen is a perfect 8-0, but, I mean, he's fighting fairly low-level competition. He did have a couple wins, though, in Bellator. Owen, or 4-0 guys prior to those Bellator competition. Um, a 7-1 is his biggest level, and he walked right through them. I mean, was able to just throw heavy, heavy dude in punches to get it done in there. Moves forward. We haven't really seen him go into the later rounds against high-caliber competition. Um, from what we've seen, he tends to blow people out by just putting his head down, moving forward, and throwing bombs. Takedown defense, semi-tested in there. It... it Really haven't seen any big shots from any good competition. So Jutko, by far, if he decides to take this down, is going to have a much bigger advantage. The limited stuff that I did see from Allen. But striking-wise, Jutko's one of these guys that can all of a sudden go limp and you're like, what punch even hit him? Uh, I feel like we've seen those type of stuns on Jutko's record before. Even if he comes back and wins, I feel like he's always getting hurt in his fights. So that's where he went to that split decision with Branch and stuff. But... Ground game-wise, there is the direct path to victory for Jutko. Striking-wise, it is going to be a little bit hairier. I'm going to go with Jutko decision. He's a heavy favorite here, and I don't think that it should be rightly so. I actually could see that you could go dog or pass here because if this is a DraftKings line, Allen has a real shot at getting the knockout potentially. 
I go Judko decision. I'm going to stay away from this one. Who do you have in this fight and why? I have Judko decision only because I said I was sticking with rules and I have to stick with what I know. But right before I was like, oh, I have to stick with rules. I did have um, Amadovsky knockout round one. Because <laughs> I just think he comes forward with so much pressure mm-hmm. that Judko is not going to be able to get him. I was hoping Judko moved up in weight or something, but he hasn't. And... Um, so I'm going to hope he's smart enough to handle the onslaught, wears him out in the first round, grinds him out in the second round, and then can stand up with him by the third and work out the decision. Those are my hopes. Judko, decision. Judko, 8,000. I don't feel confident about it. I agree. Minus 190 for Judko as the favorite. 8,600 for Judko on DraftKings. 7,600 for Allen on DraftKings. I actually might put Allen on a couple spots there just because... If it's a win for him, it's a finish. So it would it would play that out heavy. I don't think I'm going to go heavy for Jutko there. But he could finish on the ground decisively as well. I could just not be giving him the true props he needs there. But you know what we're here for. The people's main event. The unofficially crowned Antonia Shevchenko is living off of the limelight of her sister, I mean, unofficially, I'm being a dick there, but the older sister has definitely not had as much success as her younger sister, and her skills haven't necessarily translated as much as her sisters have into MMA. Shevchenko has dabbled in MMA for a little while, but really goes to decisions, doesn't have a ton of knockout power, but she never even really did when she was professionally fighting as a Muay Thai striker. She's coming in against Roxanne Modafferi. Modafferi coming in on somewhat short notice, or this used to be Montana, was it? The Montana fallout, I, be- I believe. So I don't know if I just made that up. It really you could, was. I, you could have made that up. I so, thought they were. I, I think that was the hope. Is, or no, maybe Montano. I think it was. Like she, it, would, it seems like her. Oh, Montano ducking out. a Shevchenko. Yeah. Tell me when I haven't heard that before. It seems like her to fall out. So, Roxanne Modafferi, by far coming in with the much heavier record at 22-15, and 15, being a top contender at the women's tough series. Modafferi coming off of a loss to Sarah Eubanks' decision. Beating Barb Honchank in a TKO, losing to Montano, beating Whitmire, losing to Eubanks again. I mean, we love Roxanne Modafferi because if you ever want to see a fight nerd and officially have that be called a fight nerd, that's Roxanne Modafferi. She loves Dragon Ball Z. She loves anime. She loves pigtails. She wears freaking, what is that? The Hocus Pocus, not Hocus Pocus glasses. Harry Potter glasses. I mean, she does it all. I love Roxanne Modafferi because she's a genuine person and a lifelong martial artist. And she lets you know that not all martial artists are built alike. She's built like a 32-year-old soccer mom. And that's okay. She does it with heart and grind and actual technique and savviness. On the ground, Modafferi gives up people all sorts of trouble. The hard thing is, is that we've seen her for so long that... At 36 years old, she just has rough takedowns. She can get bullied over on her takedown attempts as well. If she had a little bit more of that stepping behind, when she gets on the ground, when she's on top, she's fairly serviceable and can really put elbows down, as we've seen of late, against Han Chang. But against Shevchenko, who's 34 years old, striking-wise, she should have a much bigger advantage. Roxanne Modafferi just really throws a right or like a straight, really slow jab into a right. Her grand, Modafferi's ground game is 
Montefiore's game is mainly to get it to the ground, but that was going to be a lot of the Montano fight, I think, against Jevchenko. So she's been getting ready for this, and she has her sister getting her ready for this, and there's great down take. And great not take just down her defense. sister, Rose Namajunas, Chris Cyborg, uh, who's a little homegirl um, that just killed her last fight that we really like. Aldridge? Aldridge. Yeah. Well, she lost, but killer round she yeah, won. Yeah, killer, yeah. For sure, for sure. But Antonia, Antonina Shevchenko, 7-0. She did brutally lose. I'm sorry I said that. <laughs> well, she was winning that fight for a split second. Didn't she? What did she get hit with? By Macy Barber. She got hit, I feel Just like, finally a right, and then elbows, 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 eventually. But she hurt Barber. A lot of people are like, I shit my pants there. She was a big underdog. But Shevchenko likes to keep it striking. Uses her knees okay. She likes to get into decisions, really. I mean, the couple finishes she's had have been against super low-level competition in Montefiore. <laughs> even though um, she doesn't look like the atypical fighter, she's not low-level competition, especially at this level. She's up in the higher ranks. So I see this being a dirty-ass split decision. I do think that Russian fighters like it standing a little bit more. But if it goes to the ground... I see Mataferi landing on top or getting a little bit more sweeps. And I see Shevchenko just giving away rounds because she is a Muay Thai fighter. And she gets going in that second and third round. So she could give up that first. Second round could be iffy. Third round could be Mataferi's or not. Give me Shevchenko decision. But I'm not confident in this one. I'm going to stay away. I don't see heavy points being landed for either fighter. Who do you I have? I agree. Um... I think the stand uh, takedown defense is going to be fine for Shevchenko. I think the line is way off. There's no way Baby Chev should be, and I know she's not Baby Chev, yeah. everyone. Big sister Chev. But I want to call her Baby Chev because to UFC world, she's Baby Chev. <laughs> so the Panther, Pantera, she actually shouldn't be three thirty under or uh, heavy. I totally agree. That's Way crazy too heavy. to me. Way so uh, Roxanne Mataferi is going to give her a little bit of hassle here. The only problem with Roxanne is she usually hangs out and fights way longer than any of us feel great about. She just has a ton of toughness and tenacity. And the people that she does win against, it's like you know she hits them with a grimy elbow, which mm-hmm. she. Chenko should have all the advantages on the feet. She should be able to point fight this the whole way. Um, oh, I do see the nervousness though, and I wanted to go with like stick with what I know. That would be Roxanne Montefiore, and to kind of pick her here. I don't think ba- Antonia Shevchenko is. Um, anywhere near as dangerous as her sister is. I don't think she has the knockout power. Um, yeah. I got Shevchenko decision. I don't feel really heavy about it. I think, oh, this is what I was going to ask you. The yes. Really, the only question is, and this is what I think wins Shevchenko the decision. I don't even think it's a dirty split because every single time Antonia lands, we're all going to know about it. Ah, uh, very true. <laughs> very true. Hey! Ha! Hey! 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 hey. <laughs> 100%. You know Valentina's going to be in that corner. And we know that audio is just as much like the audience sometimes wins a fight when things are brutal. So that her right by the judges and every single one of Antonia's shots is accented by that. Well, and I feel like it is Russia. Valentina. Shevchenko sisters are gonna they're be, gonna be fame, they're fame gonna be there. fame so fame fame there people are gonna be they're in, not Russian when, but cool right well they're gonna be in town they're gonna drive in from three days on the back of a camel to watch this fight and they're gonna be going along with Shevchenko also I they're gonna be cheering her on so they're yeah. gonna be hyping up those strikes but I think Montefiore 
It will end up training with the Shevchenko sisters afterwards. I see a ton of sportswomanship here, and I think this fight is going to end up with hugs all around. Totally. 9,300 for the huge favorite in Shevchenko against 6,900 for Monteferi. This is a flat-out stay-away for both fighters. I do not see this scoring high enough to pay out for that 9,000. And Monteferi, even though she's an underdog... No, everyone, not... Let everybody else think it's other Shevchenko, and you stay away from it. Totally. Let 80% of the other people let it ruin their card with a big 64 points or something. 100% correct on that for all that money. At 205 pounds, we have Devin Clark coming in against... Debuting Ivan Sirkarov. Sirkarov. Sirkarov's coming in at 30 years old with a 16 0 1 record. I don't know what that draw decision was against Giorgio Dos Santos, but he's fighting out of the PMK fighting system out of Russia. I have no experience about the PMK Fight League. He did fight Tiago Silva, though, four months ago, one via submission armbar, and also Fabio, Fabio Maldonado, stoppage via TKO punches. And we know Maldonado is a walking punching bag, so a lot of people haven't been able to do that, Maldonado. They can't get him out of there. Same with Tiago Silva, and the fact that he last submitted Tiago Silva, who is a submission guy, that's how he got into the top five of the 205ers in the UFC. So, Ivan coming in with a good amount of hype after fighting two solid, solid heavyweights. And this 30-year-old definitely has been fighting at level competition. Uh, maybe a little subdued, but uh, it's definitely a winnable fight with Devin Clark. Devin Clark is one of the most underperforming fighters for me in the UFC. I keep saying it nonstop. Jackson Wink, uh, Jackson Wink disciple, 9-3 record, coming off of a loss. But prior to that, beating... Mike Rodriguez, he lost to Alexander Rakic TKO, which doesn't look like that bad. Also beating Jan Blakowicz via submission. And those two fights, it was really Losing. just... He lost those? Yeah, yeah, you said beating Jan Blakowicz. Oh, sorry. But he lost to Blakowicz and he lost to uh, Rakic. Those guys uh, really beat the living daylights out of him, especially with the wrestling. And Devin Clark is like a Max Payne Griffin in there, where the third round, it doesn't matter if... Devin Clark was hurt or not, he's so gassed that it looks like he's hurt, and he just hangs on for dear life. He's really wavy in there. Punches look like they land harder, but the more I see that style, the more I think they're rolling with the punches, and just kind of, it accentuates the punch, but it also takes a little bit off of it, if that makes any type of sense. But again, and Ivan, this guy we've seen throws heavy-duty punches, striking, and uh, on the ground, we don't have to worry about much. Devin Clark is a wrestler who uses mainly his takedown defense to keep it striking, but when he gets into hard brawl type of battles, he's not scared to go out as in be knocked out in there, but uh, he also just throws enough caution to the wind where he's like, all right, I'm ready to go out where I see why the favorite is coming in here as a favorite. I think it is more of a fade on Devin Clark than anything, even though he has much more experience here. This is going to be one of these... uh, passes for me completely Devin Clark isn't fighting out of Jackson Wink he's actually fighting out of Sioux Falls North Dakota but I do think he's cross-trained around I'm not making that one up but no sometimes topology is behind on that on those right but either way oh I'm gonna go Ivan I don't like that he's this big of a favorite against Clark but it's a fade on Clark more than anything he's just one of those guys I can't ever trust to put my money on because he can land that knockout shot but he took a beating beforehand. How is uh, 
Shirkov's uh, ground game. Like it's it's good if he could submit Tiago's uh, Santos. Uh, it's Thiago Silva. Silva. And Silva, how old Thiago Silva? He's like a he, thousand years old. He's like 37, 39, somewhere in there. Somewhere. Yeah, he is a bit older. He's definitely on the backside of his career. So, but I, yeah. And you never even heard True. of PMK. And Maldonado, True. how old's he? Oh, well, he's a walking punching bag. He's a walking punching bag. Devin Clark, he's gotten like, um, on MMA by the numbers, 13 takedowns over his last six fights. That is a lot of takedowns. True. So it, I think he's got to have a pretty good take. He's going to be gassed. And the other, you know, you were saying that he gets really gassed and I really took in everything you said to try to make my decision on this fight. And I'm going to stick with what I know on this. Um, yeah, I think this other guy, it might be a Mack truck and he might be one to watch, but I am not jumping on... Uh, that yet. Devin Clark, in my opinion, uh, losing to Rackick is not bad at all. I think Rackick is a dangerous, dangerous man in the division and one to watch. And Jan, you know, I've been on the Jan hype train the yep. whole entire time, so losing to him submission is not bad at all, in my opinion, either. Um, I think he decisions a lot of guys, and I think he's going to drag um, this to decision as well. It has to be decisive. I think that Shirkov, uh, the Ural Hulk, is going to be that's his nickname, Ural Hulk. Ural Hulk. Sounds like a Uralk. Hulk. Ural Hulk. Hulk. is what I hear. The Hulk. <laughs> um, it sounds like he he's just too much of a hype train right now. And just because he beat guys that I do know their two names, um, they're just not UFC caliber. And Devin Clark is fighting next level guys. I don't like that Devin Clark is fighting in four months of a brutal, brutal spinning back fist. But here it goes. Clark decision. I'm going to underdog both guys in places. Underdog. There's not many underdogs, if any, that I have. I feel like I've been going all chalk favorites. But that's why it's not a betting favorite night. I feel like this is one to save your money on because a lot of people see it going this way. It's, you know, one of those atypical European cards where... They stack the deck in their favor to have everybody going home fat and happy and witnessing a knockout for their team, potentially. So, on DraftKings, we're going to end up having to pay a... Devin Clark is the younger guy. Isn't that nuts? Interesting. How old is Devin Clark in this? 29 and the other guy's 30. Interesting. I would have thought the other guy was like 24 and Devin Clark was like 31. <laughs> Ivan... Debuting in the UFC, 8,700 on DraftKings against Devin Clark, 7,500. Also being the favorite in the fight as a debut fighter. I'm going with Ivan, but 8-7, he has to get a finish pretty much. So maybe 10%. Devin Clark, I don't think I'm going to put anywhere. He averages about 52 points for 7,500. Do you think you're going to play him because you are outright picking him? Um, I'm going to pepper both guys, I think, on separate cards. I think actually that's probably a good, pretty good 30 play. 30-30. 30 and 30, but I'm probably going to go light six cards. Probably going to do like six cards. Total, total throughout the night. How then, much money remains on for me the, only? The options as well, because Maybe this I'll is a European my card. Chad money. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of those uh, European cards where DraftKings might not have a televised only. DraftKings also might have very limited uh, options as far as money because it is. Uh, let's say not the most casual friendly card. Is, so ESPN. 
it yeah it is gonna be on ESPN the whole way so it's not for the casuals it's not for the casuals this is not lay casual Brandon I am terrified <laughs> <laughs> at 265 pounds you have a right reason to be terrified because the big boys are coming in with Sergi Pavlovic coming in against Marcelo oh, no. Gome. Okay, all ESPN. I saw upcoming, upcoming, and I'm like, oh, no, it's all on Fight Pass. I just got rid of my Fight Pass. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, never mind. So, Gloam coming in with a 6-2 and two record, only losses in the UFC to Timothy Johnson a year ago. And Ajan Boulard five months ago, Gloam has only lost twice in its, those two fights in the UFC. So, definitely... Maybe not UFC caliber. Gloam can only fight on the local scene as far as heavyweight at in Sao Paulo, Brazil. The 26-year-old tends to be a Muay Thai striker. Ground game, almost non-existent. Takedown defense, pretty much non-existent as well. I mean, he can maybe shook off one takedown, but pretty much if you chain wrestle on Gloam, you can, it's not hard to eventually get him down. Pavlich does that at times, but really likes to keep it striking as well. He was actually a favorite for his debut against Uberim, which was nuts here to us. We had Uberim as a plus dog, a plus money underdog, and guess what? Easily cashed because Uberim has just had a championship level experience and surge here. Sergi at 12 and 1 only lost in the UFC as well, but it was to much higher level competition than Timothy Johnson and freaking who's the other one, Bullard. Uh, so Serge likes to keep it striking as well. He's fighting in Russia for all of the right reasons. You know why. He ain't getting tested out in Russia because he's one of these guys that you're like, oh. he looks like the real Cal Drago. Uh, unbelievable body on this man. He's got no neck, just traps, and throws heavy-duty punches. I mean, against Overeem, it's a different story. Against the Gloam, Gloam's going to sit there and pretty much be a punching bag. I think everyone sees this as well, pretty much being a punching bag on the ground. Gloam doesn't have anything even to try to get it there. We haven't seen, we've seen Gloam at times reach for a takedown, but it was, again, reaching, so a knee would probably come up his way or an uppercut. I just see this being lopsided. We've said there's been set-up matches all night, Guess what? You're getting another one here. Sergi, big favor for a reason. I have TKO round number one, and it's just Gloom is in UFC caliber. Who do you have in oh, this you fight? Have round number and one. Why? I want to move mine up now. I have round number three, just because he does tend to go to decisions with other enormous guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to move it up to two, since you have one. Okay, okay. I'm going to... There. So Pavlovich, KO, round two. I don't need to say anything about it. On to 155 pounds, we have returning Islam Makhlchev coming in with a 16-1 and record, having all sorts of credible wins in here. He has beaten Chris Wade, T-Bow, Nick Lentz, coming off of eight-month win over K-John Johnson. Raging Cajun got his walking papers after losing to Makhlchev in a submission armbar. I mean, Makhlchev... I, I want to say jack-of-all-trades, master of none, but it's not that easy because he's not just the jack-of-all-trades. He's a high level. He's an expert in all those trades. He's not just serviceable. He's one of these guys that can snipe you standing, can submit you on the ground, and can just flat-out out-wrestle you with a great gas tank and a solid chin. It's just really hard to get in here against this 
Russian fighter, and it's really, really surprising that they're bringing in a debuting 13-1 fighter coming off of the local MFP scene, beating Julio Asuncao decision 10 months ago. He's fighting guys with 25-12 and 12 records, 15-5 and 5 records, 6-1 records, 16-6, and 6, but it's not UFC caliber. We're seeing Makoshev fight UFC caliber contenders and beat them. Uh, maybe Lentz might be the only contender left of late in there. T-Bow's out of there. Who else is out of there? Wade's no longer in the UFC. And Nick Lentz, and- I dig him, but he is just... He's a doorstop more than a he has a title. And run. he's changed his game since he moved camps. So Nick Lentz is different than when he Makoshev fought him. So a little bit different there. I do believe. Either way, Makoshev, um, just we've been saying it all night. We saw it in the last fight. We've seen it in previous ones. This is another setup fight. I would want to break down Armin's tape and everything. The Russian fighter fighting out of Armenia, twenty two years old, is a huge underdog for a reason. He has. Some TKOs in there, some decisions, the limited tape I saw on him. Um, I want to say Nardiev against freaking who? He Perseris. Oh, So this is potentially one of those makings. Like Armin, I like what I saw from him, but the tape and everything tells me he's not going to win this fight because Makoshev has the experience, has been in tougher fights, has been able to grind him out and just do well, but... Armin has that type of power where he hurts guys randomly. Where you think that he walked away with um, just a random brawl. But he'll half clip someone and even his half punches seem to wobble guys. Again, lower level competition. So Makashev definitely has a check mark there. But I'm going to go with Makashev decision. I could even see a later finish in the later rounds just through that veteranship and grindingness to come through. But I think Arman, the Armenian, definitely... Did I just give him a nickname? I think I did. Armin the Armenian is the Ottoman. De- <laughs> <laughs> is definitely a live underdog in there, but Armenian. I'm not going to be able to pick him. Armenia, I- Armenian. Armenian. I think that for a pump play for someone who might be on that top top prize winner and nobody sees it. Is going to be Armin if he gets the finish, but it's like an uphill battle. Get the finish, yeah. But it's an uphill battle. It's not easy. You know what? I. In my opinion, Cajun Johnson was winning the last fight until he wasn't. And all a lot of the other wins, um, like Linton Tebow, and it's super spotty. Um, the hardest, the best win, in my opinion, is going to decision with Nick Lentz of everyone. Mm-hmm. That is a really solid win to me. I like what you're saying that um, Armin could be one of these sneaky guys with the right camp and the right training over the next year or two years that all of a sudden we watch him make leaps and bounds in the division. Whereas Islam Makashev, he just kind of never, you know, there's guys that come out of Russia that we just are like, woo, woo. He's not one of those guys. He was for a time, but I do think his stock has started to fall a little. So he's a heavy favorite for a reason. It's UFC experience all day. Um, Anything could happen, though, in this fight. I have Makoshev decision, and gosh, I can't believe a guy unknown. And I'm going to stick with what I know, so obviously Makoshev. But I like what you're saying about Armin and him being a, like, sneaky guy, like one of those style benders that you see way off in the distance. Right. Like, 
you know, and I know everyone's like, oh, Stylebender, easy to say. Well, he was Nardia. one of the people we talked about. Yeah, like Nardia, way uh-huh. off in the distance. One of these guys that you're like, oh, a Ninganu. Right. A Shevchenko. I, I li- these are all guys that, if you've been listening to the show long enough, we set them way out in the distance. I don't know anyone that was on Shevchenko. I don't know anyone. I just want to say with that Nardiev one, I remember saying Priseris is too much, but this kid's going to be a fun addition and he's going to run for it. I can kind of see that with, but it's again... The Legends of Nardiev. Super uphill battle. 9,400 for the humongous favorite in minus 345 for Makoshev against Armin's 6,800. I think you can put both of these guys on your line, honestly, because 9-4, highest price fighter on DraftKings... He has a he could finish in the later rounds, but this could be a one round spark in as he well. He could get knocked out yeah. too. It's so Armin has the power in his. I hand. could do ten percent of Armin, ten percent. I like that. And if he hits at all, I'm cashing on that card. If and he hits you know at all, what? I'm it cashing might only on that card. be honestly. It might only. I'm have so many underdogs that I can afford Makashev, but he's not the kind of fighter that should be so highly priced. I totally agree with that. I do think it's a little steep for Makashev potentially. Again, debut fighter. The night has been set up fights for these Russian fighters to get wins, and this is one of those potential fights, is it not? I think so. So that's what they're trying. They're to trying do. to that again. Trying to. We'll see what this young man can do. I'm excited for that one for sure. To the main Armenian, event we go. Is that the Kardashians? Are they Armenian? Oh, I thought he was tinfoil Hatton with. I think he Tripoli. Is, He's Armenian. Is he Armenian yeah, as well. He is Armenian. Look at his neckline. Oh, boom. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Harry Armenian? Nowhere. I don't know. <laughs> I never heard that. I don't know. My bad. You made me get deeper. I just stepped in it way worse. Thanks. <laughs> I thought you were talking about the Kardashians. <laughs> That's what I was saying. Harry, Harry, Harry. I'm getting all that LASIK. <laughs> so, to the main event we go. 265 pounds. We have a replacement in the main event with Alexei Olenek coming in against Alistair Uberim Overeem. The 57-11-1 fighter, Olenek, is only lost once in the UFC to Curtis Blades via Dr. Stoppage a year ago, but is less has last rattled off a win against Junior Albini via Zico Choke and then Marcant Rear Naked Choke seven months ago. Olenek tends to be a one-trick pony. He's a submission guy. Has a heavy overhand right and has hurt a lot of guys with his overhand right. He just uses it to get inside. So that's 100%. That neck. And he's one of these guys that's he will throw all of his weight into his punches because he's like, oh, yeah, take me down when I stumble because I want to get to the that's ground anyways. Exactly. So he always makes for a tricky fight because he's able to unleash his hands better than most people. Even though he doesn't have good hands, he's just a heavyweight who... Any heavyweight can knock you out. But against Dubarim, again, this is a tough, tough battle. Interesting thing that I have in the background for these two is they've, they've trained before. They've went to camps before, and they've actually rolled. Neither of them talked about their experience, but they both said, yeah, I remember. I remember. Oh, okay. Okay. So Overeem coming in with tons of credentials. K1 striking champ. Pancrase ground specialist. Title contender. I mean, beating some of the highest level guys in there. I, his biggest downfall has been his chin, Uberim's chin. He's popped on steroids multiple times, multiple times. I feel like a couple times it's been tainted supplements as well. You know, the horse meat defense as well didn't work so well for him. But Uberim has some of the best knees, intercepting knees in the entire sport. Some of the best combinations in the entire sport. 
on the ground, one of the best guillotines of all time, ask Stipe Miocic. Ask him. <laughs> I still think he tapped. I'm just saying. <laughs> but on the ground, Ubering is heavy. He's heavy on top. He's heavy. He can sweep from the bottom. Uh, he understands the ground game where Olenek beat a lot of these ground... Beat who? Albini? No ground game at all. Got him in an Ezekiel choke. The other guys he got in an Ezekiel Hunt. choke. Hunt. Yeah. Submission. Not a ground guy at all. Where Oberim understands the ground so he can at least get back up to his feet or some of these Ezekiel chokes, some of these other chokes that are uh, a little low percentage but really crafty aren't going to work on Oberim as much. So striking-wise, though, Uberine's still chin is not trustworthy enough, and I think that there's a high probability that Olenek can get a finish here. I see this as a coin flip of a fight. I know that there's a huge favorite for Uberine, but with a chin as tested as his, and as it hasn't proved out many time and time again, I have been more surprised. I just... He shocked me enough times where I'm like, oh, there's no way Silva finishes him. Bigfoot Silva, there's no way. Oh, my God, he just got him. And we've seen that time and time again, Travis Brown. And it's gotten better for Oberyn, but uh, he should have all the check marks. I'm still picking him TKO round number one, but I'm putting either guy on my card. I oh. think you have to – I think you got to hedge your bets here. I think Olenek's getting finished all day. I usually don't think – the caliber of guys that he's gone against is nowhere near – Uberim and True. also are they letting Uberim juice and that's why we're watching him in Russia right now if it goes with everything else um he only loses to the best of the best and he's training out of elevation so not only is, is he going to be juiced he's going to have that EPO oh just kidding I would just put that on elevation <laughs> he's pumped for everything under the sun yeah so for reals um could he get caught in the Ezekiel choke? Yeah, anyone could. It's that. It's it's Paul Craig. That's. But uh, the thing is, is when Olenek is done, if he takes one too many shots, he doesn't like. He's not a grinder. He doesn't stay in there. He will just be done. He will crap. Yep. He will turtle up Curtis and Blake. just be done and take enough shots until it's over. Um, that's what I see happening here. Uh, being able to survive Verdum, again, this is another person that's the same argument. Uh, that's the guy with the best ground game in this division, in my opinion. So um, I appreciate Olenek. It's going to be exciting for the fans to watch Uberim win. And here's to Uberim fighting overseas for the last part of his career. That's what I think happens. And I think they just let him. I think he's... <sighs> Hooks out. Yeah. I think it's going to be Uber. Could we see Uberim again? I would love it. And if I do see that coming in, uh, I'm going to be putting more money on it. But he is a huge favorite at minus 345 against the big plus 200 underdog in Olenek. On DraftKings, you're going to end up having to pay 8900 for Obreem against 7300 for Olenek. Like I'm saying, I like those odds because I feel like finish for sure Obreem first round. But let's just say that randomly gets hit with a right hand. Olenek's going to be on that winning lineup as well. That's where I feel like it'll probably be more 70, you 30 percent. You ruin your night. You ruin your, yes. He's a night ruiner. He is a night ruiner. He's a night but ruiner. But so is, so is Overeem if he gets me. I don't know. I never go with Overeem. I wonder what my, I would like to, I'm going to pull it up real quick. Your percentage. That's why we're here. That's very, very true. Let's very see. true what the percentage is. I never know what with Overeem. But we both have TKO round number one for Overeem. Mm-hmm. And I, you all, you tend to go with Overeem. Yes, more. I do. So I really, really do. Let me see how. Uh, twelve of twelve picked, and going into my little tapology dot com, they right. do not pay to advertise. <laughs> I have picked eight out of four rights. 
I eight out of four fights right for four out of eight half. No, I've picked eight right, four wrong. Okay. So twelve total, <laughs> eight right, four wrong. So yeah, two thirds right with Overeem. Ooh, I have picked one, two, three, four, five, I six am and six. Six and six with Uberim. That's not great. <laughs> but we both have TKO round number one for Overeem. And I never go, I've only gone with Overeem out of, I don't go with him that much. Yeah. So take that for what it is. That didn't make me feel better. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I have Overeem. I can't believe it. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Put them both on like one or two. Don't go heavy on either because they're both night ruiners. They're both heavyweights. Your winning card, though, has one of these fighters on it. Oh, that's what I'm saying, though. And your lowest card has one of these mm-hmm. fighters on it. Totally agree. But as we've been saying the whole night, we just came off of a huge betting weekend. Maybe sit back a little bit. We got some heavy ones coming up in Fort Lauderdale. You know we're going to be making some I know. money. We have our 200th episode oh, oh, oh. coming up, so maybe you guys feel like putting some input because we hopefully will have the name change by then. Are you sad about it? I'm, we're always evolving here at yeah. Labby. You know us. Our sound sounds better. Our video is better. Our studio is better. Everything's getting better. Love you. Let's the bean. Thanks for listening to Latby. For all things Lesbo and the Bean, head over to lesboandthebean.com or follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter.